Brittany Ross, and I play the fiddle. I'm Catherine Flincham, and I play the pipe. And together, we are Fiddle and Pipe. Two classical musicians who are reading and discussing topics beyond the staff. So grab a book, take a seat, and tune in. Now. Yeah, I'm also recording now. Yeah. I am setting up my backup recording. Oh, I should probably do that. No more double recording episodes. <laughs> no, we don't need that stress. Ain't nobody got time for that. Welcome to another riveting episode of Fiddle and Pipe. I'm Brittany Ross. That's Catherine Flincham. Hello. And we are reading chapters five through seven of The Hobbit. This was some pretty beefy, like, chapters and content compared to the first four chapters, I feel like. When I was reading this the other day, I can totally now understand what you guys were talking about in the last episode about how it's very um, written for a child. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Because I didn't realize that, is it Tolkien? 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 I say Tolkien, but I know Matt kept saying Tolkien. It made me second guess myself the whole episode. Yeah. (laughs) There's going to be some diehard fans that'd be like, it's Tolkien or something. I don't know. I'm going to call it Tolkien. (laughs) So That's, that sounds good because that's what I would also say. <laughs> yeah. So Tolkien, I didn't know that he wrote the story for his kids, but like now that I have that knowledge in my head, mm-hmm. that's all I can imagine when I'm reading this. It makes a lot more sense. <laughs> it does make a lot more sense. And but yeah, there are like moments where I'm just like sitting there, I'm like, wow, I feel like I'm in bed. <laughs> And reading a story, like, my parents are reading me a story. (laughs) I really would like to do an experiment with this where I want to hear it out loud. Well, there should be an audiobook, shouldn't there be? Yeah, David and I are actually talking about subscribing with Audible. We are not sponsored by Audible, but if you want to sponsor us. I am really working hard and trying not to use Audible because I'm like, I need to read more. (laughs) Like, actual, like, I want to read, like, pages on a book versus, like, yeah hearing things. Because I think the one thing that happens to me when I listen to things, like, this happens to me when I listen to podcasts. Sometimes I just kind of get distracted and focus on another thing versus what the content's actually happening yeah in the podcast. And I feel like that would happen for me as well if I was listening to an Audible recording. <laughs> like, you don't focus on it as well. I don't sit in the car and listen to audiobooks. That's not what I go and sit in the car for. I know some people do that, but for me, it's like, this is the time to listen to, like, a podcast or music, not a story. Because <laughs> I'm trying to drive. I don't know if you've been on Goodreads recently, but... No. <laughs> Catherine, you're killing me. You really think I go on Goodreads every day? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do. Even though I have a notification that has says two on it and I haven't looked at it. Catherine. I'm sorry. I'll try. My, I'll be better. We should probably talk about The Hobbit. This is chapter five, Riddles in the Dark. Yeah. Ooh. In the dark. Did you read chapter four? Yeah, I did read chapter <laughs> I did. I did this time. I promise. Are you prepared? Okay. When I was reading it, the only thing I envisioned was like those moments in the Hobbit movie. Because that's in the first movie, correct? Mm, I think so. Okay. I don't know. I watched it over like 10 years ago, so I don't remember anything. I don't remember either. And I tried watching the Hobbit <laughs> and I only watched 20 minutes of it before I fell asleep. 
<laughs> is this recently? No, this was like, I want to say a few months ago when it was on Peacock. <laughs> oh. But anyway, yeah, so I'll, that's all I was vi- visualizing. And then I do remember this scene as well in the movie because mm-hmm. I believe this is in the movie too, so. Yeah, or at least some interpretation of it was in the movie. Yeah. This chapter is very juicy. It's super juicy. So, like, Bilbo wakes up from his concussion, (laughs) and he's somehow not concussed, which, after seeing someone go through a concussion, I'm like, how are you not concussed? But that's fine. He's magical, that's why. He's a hobbit. (laughs) Hobbits don't have concussions. He's, like, floundering around, and he finds a ring, and he puts it in his pocket. I just like how he just feels it, and he's like, oh, cool, and puts it in his pocket. He's not, like, (laughs) questioning, like, what it is. It's like literally me whenever I find a, like a quarter in a parking lot. I'm like, ooh, a quarter. Yeah, but he's finding a ring in a dark ass cave. Like, who's in here? <laughs> Who has jewelry around this area? Like, nobody. Well, it says he didn't really think about it. Probably. Uh, if I can quote from the book. Oh. Very slowly he got up and groped about on all fours. That's what she said. Till he touched the wall of the tunnel. <laughs> But neither up nor down it could he wait, oh my god, neither up nor down it could he find anything. Is that a typo or is that old English? What is this the beginning of that chapter? This is the second chapter of the or the sorry, the second paragraph of that chapter. Does yours say that too? <laughs> yeah, but neither up nor down it could he find anything. That has to be, like, some old speak of some sort. I don't know. I hate this. Was Tolkien American or was he British? I think he was British. Okay, it's probably some British speak. I'm sorry if we have British listeners. Maybe we should Google that. I'm looking it up right now. English. Oh, that was terrible. Here we go. Oh, yeah. English writer, poet, uh, philologist. I probably... You should just... Yeah, no, you should have. Okay. <laughs> so oh, I'm, I'm just very gonna... trying to pronounce that. <laughs> Sorry. Is it philanthropist? It was philologist. F or P H I L O. Philosopher? No, I don't. I don't think it was philosopher. Anyway, I don't know. Don't... <laughs> I'm just gonna keep <laughs> going. But neither. <laughs> oh my god! I'm not saying that phrase again. Nothing at all. No sign of goblins. No sign of dwarves. His head was swimming concussion and he was far from certain even of the direction they had been going in when he had his fall he guessed as well as he could and crawled along for a good way till suddenly his hand met with what felt like a tiny ring of cold metal lying on the floor of the tunnel it was a turning point in his career but he did not know it he put Uh -uh. the ring in his pocket almost without thinking certainly it did not seem of any particular use at the moment and that's kind of it yeah that's pretty much it dun 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 Little did he know. <laughs> so he's in this tunnel and he's just kind of like floundering around, feeling, to quote Tolkien, groping his way around. <laughs> and he kind of runs into some water and he's like, ew, water. Yeah. If I stepped in that, I'd be like, oof, I don't think that's water. <laughs> <laughs> this is pee. It's probably some, yeah, mixture of that. <laughs> Some other things, who knows? I'm not going to trust it. Well, even though he can hardly see anything, he, I guess he somehow determines that it's a bigger body of water and he listens and doesn't hear any running water. 
So he's mm-hmm. like, oh, this must be an underground lake or pool or pond or something. Which at that point, mm-hmm. I would still be thinking of all the diseases and microbes that still water has. <laughs> yeah, it just sounds like there's something swimming in it that I don't want to stick my foot in. And knowing Hobbit's feet. Those brain-eating amoebas. Yeah, he's not wearing any shoes. So he's not wearing any shoes, no protection. It's just open foot. I'm surprised he didn't get dysentery. Open for disease. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) And we meet Gollum. Ooh, my precious. I like how every time you hear, or you read precious, it's precious with like three S's. So it's like, precious. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's also how he speaks in the movie. It's like a snack. Precious. I don't really have notes past this point. I didn't take very many notes. Oh, well... We meet Gollum, <laughs> and I like how he's just, like, by himself in this lake with mm-hmm. infected amoeba water, just, you know, canoeing. Not getting dysentery. Having a good old time, not getting dysentery, because he's already, like, what, he's a slimy creature? Throughout the chapter, we kind of are under the impression that he is a hobbit himself, but has morphed underground yes he's been there for so long that he's like evolved like a pokemon so wait when you were reading this book did you know that he was a hobbit because like i the only reason how i know that he's a hobbit like or he was a hobbit back in the day is because i watched lord of the rings and they show that scene where like i think it's in return of the king am i right i don't know I don't know. There's, like, a moment where I remember where he has, like, the ring when he's, like, a hobbit. And he's, like, my precious. And then turns into Gollum. There are a bunch of tiny little throwbacks in this chapter. Yeah, and I saw those. But I was, like, wondering if, like, when you were, like, a kid or something, did you even know that he was a hobbit? Like, oh, honestly, I don't even remember. I, I think I at least knew he wasn't a person. I don't know if I knew that he was a hobbit. Gotcha. Yeah, because, like, I only know he, he, he was because I've seen it already. <laughs> like, I spoiled mm-hmm. it for myself. Mm. But, yeah, I was, like, curious because, like, if I were a kid back in the day and I read this book, I probably wouldn't have even, like, thought about that, like, whatsoever. And it would be interesting, too, because Tolkien does not come out, like, fourth run and say that he is a hobbit. He just kind of, like, mm-hmm. puts little hints here and there. like Little hints. The first little hint is... But just as Bilbo was beginning to hope that the wretch would not be able to answer, Gollum brought up memories of ages and ages and ages before when he lived with his grandmother in a hole in the bank by the river. My precious, he said. Sun on the daisies, it means it does. Oh. There's another one, too, when he's trying to find the ring. And he's like, my birthday present, or something like that. There are some hints in it, and I, like, was recognizing it. I was like, ooh, like, I know what this, like, kind of foreshadows, too. But, yeah, I thought that was really neat. Yeah, it's skillful writing that he doesn't come out and say it, but he gives you enough visual cues, I guess, that would kind of make you put your own conclusions towards it. And I think Mm -hmm. that's also really good in a children's book because it develops critical thinking skills in kids. Yeah, it does. It really does. My educator coming out. (laughs) I'm like, oh, yes, teaching kids to think. That's great. So Gollum is basically like a hobbit, but he's 
hairless. I mean, if y'all have seen the movie, if you've seen the Lord of the Rings movies, you know what he's like. But he got them big eyes and he's a little hunchy. And he mm-hmm. eats goblins and fish and kind of whatever comes out. And he sees Bilbo and he's basically like, oh, a snack. And yeah, he's in a boat on the lake. And he sneaks up on Bilbo and he's like, oh, Din. And Bilbo's like, oh, no, no, no. What if we play um, uh, 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 <laughs> a game of riddles? A game of riddles. And if I win, you need to show me the way out of this cave. And if you win, you can eat me. At that point, if I were in his place, I would have just given up and be like, I'm your snack. (laughs) I am so bad at riddles, I would have lost. (laughs) Like, the first riddle of this game is what has roots as nobody sees is taller than trees. Up, up it goes and yet never grows. I'd be like, uh, weeds? (laughs) Right? Yeah, no, I I was... (laughs) Grass. I was, like, reading each riddle and and as I, like, every single riddle I was sitting there, I'm like... I don't know. Like, it could be anything. <laughs> and then I look at the answer and be like, duh. Like, it makes sense. And then I look back oh. at the riddle again. But in hindsight, that makes sense. I guess, like, riddles were a thing back in 1932. <laughs> I definitely used to think I was good at riddles. I'm pretty sure I was lying to myself because I used to. I don't know. I think I used to be insecure about my intelligence for some reason, like as a kid. And I was always like, yeah, I'm good at these things. And I mean, they do riddles with kids stuff, like on the back of cereal boxes and like in candy wrappers and stuff. So I'd always try to solve them and I could never figure them out. Yeah. You watched Arthur growing up at all? Because there's like, yeah, yeah, there's like that one episode where he, one of the kids, I forgot who it was, was entered into a riddle contest, like Jeopardy, kind of. I would lose. One of the kids, like, was really good at riddles and was getting it or something like that and was in the show. And I just remember being like, that must be so hard. Like, I remember watching every riddle, like, in that episode <laughs> and being like, I don't understand what's going on right now. <laughs> There's that one one riddle that's like, what has... Four legs in the morning, two legs in the afternoon, and three in the evening. And I know that's supposed to be, like, a man. Oh, I... Crawling as a baby. You walk on two legs as an adult, and then you walk with a cane when you're old. Oh, I thought it was, like, a clock. (laughs) (laughs) I know that one. I know there's, like... There's a whole mythology with, like, the Sphinx, right? And riddles. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Don't quote me on this, everyone. I think... That that's a thing in like actual Egyptian mythology, and hmm. I'm just really bad at riddles, so I would have been eaten. Mm-hmm. We would have been golems. Snack, din. Yeah. Me- next meal. Yeah, next meal. His breakfast, his lunch, his dinner. Kind of unfortunate because neither of us are like really big gals either, so he'd eat us and then be like, "Well, we tried." Still hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't please you. so they go back and forth with this riddle game where basically one of them asks a riddle and the other has to answer it and then when they answer it correctly the other one asks a riddle and they go back and forth for a bit they do until like bilbo runs out of it any like riddle ideas and is just like what's in my pocket yeah he's like panicking because (laughs) Gollum is starting to step out of his boat and Bill was like, uh, 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 and he starts, like, fingering the ring. And he's like, what have I got in my pocket? Kind of more to himself. I do remember this from the Hobbit movie. Mm-hmm. I do remember this. Anyway, and I have the 
four guesses that Golem makes. Do you want to hear them? It's supposed to be three, but Gollum, like, shoots his shot in the last one. <laughs> you know, it's just Gollum. So the first guess was Hanses, in, in quote. Hanses. Knife. And then string or nothing. String or nothing. <laughs> All of those are obviously wrong, so. I don't know, string or nothing is a pretty good guess. Exactly, like. He could have had nothing in his pocket. Or string. <laughs> like, if someone asked me, what have I got in my pocket? I'm like, N- nothing? String? <laughs> Why would you have string in your pocket, though? I'm curious. What are you sewing? Why are you asking riddles <laughs> that your life depends on? <laughs> Damn. My life depends on it. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, fuck, I don't know. So, apparently, the riddle game is this has this big tradition in this book, and... Bilbo's literally sitting there like, well, I technically broke the rules, but I guess if Gollum's going to go along with this, that's fine. (laughs) And Gollum gets butthurt that he basically lost. (laughs) He lost his dinner. And then he's like, well, I can, you know, trick Bilbo and eat him still. So he's like, I got to go get my birthday present, which is the ring, which when you put it on, you get invisible or you become invisible. Yeah. He's basically like, I'll put this ring on, then I'll sneak up on him and, like, still eat him. Club him or whatever. (laughs) No big deal. But he goes over to wherever he hides it, and it's not there. So he starts freaking the fuck out. Uh Uh-huh. I can see that. I can Mm -hmm. see that. Because this is precious. Yeah. Bubba's like, what the hell are you looking for? And then Gollum gets really focused on... Oh, he asked me what he had in his pocket, so it must be the ring. Oh, yeah. What has it got in its pockets is, in quote. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What I have in my notes is that Bilbo finally sees um, Gollum's eyes get green, and they get closer, because basically Gollum is just kind of like, what do you got in your pockets? Thief! 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 Baggins, we hates it, we hates it, we hates it forever! (laughs) Then there was a silence. But that, too, seemed menacing to Bilbo. If goblins are so near that he smelt them, he thought, then they'll have heard his shrieking and cursing. Careful now, or this way will lead you to worse things. Mm-hmm. You don't want another goblin horde chasing after you, so... You better shut up, Gollum. <laughs> shut your mouth. Bilbo realized that Gollum was basically gonna kill him. Mm-hmm. Or gonna try to kill him, so he... What happened to make him put the ring on? I think, didn't he just, like, put his hand in his pocket and... Yeah, that, that's basically what happened. He basically ran off because he saw Gollum getting closer and getting angrier. So he's like, oh, okay, well, peace out. And, like, runs. And <laughs> while he's running, like, he basically puts the ring on his finger. But then he trips and falls. Probably on a rock. Because <laughs> you're in a dark-ass cave. With a lot of rocks and... And dysentery water. Yeah, dysentery. Ugh. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. But he sees Gollum get closer, and he's like, well, here it is. But Gollum basically runs past him, not even noticing that he was there. And he's like, what? What the hell? (laughs) What just happened? (laughs) So basically, that's when he finds out that the ring that he's wearing basically makes him invisible. Mm -hmm. And then he follows basically Gollum out of the cave while Gollum is like, Saying, oh, he must have taken it, my birthday present. Because mm-hmm. he keeps calling it his birthday present now. Mm-hmm. 
So basically he leads them to the entrance or exit tunnel, a different tunnel. And then he stands there because he's like, well, if he's still in the cave, he's going to run this way. Yeah. And then Bilbo's like, well, F, I don't know any other way to get out. So he does this big <laughs> leap over Gollum. Parkour. Parkour. He parkours it. Gollum, I don't know, hears or smells him or something, but tries to reach up and get him. Doesn't get him. Basically, Bilbo escapes and Gollum stays back because he doesn't want to... He doesn't want the goblins to find him, basically, because he's been eating goblins while wearing the ring and mm-hmm. being like, I need dinner. I'm going to take a goblin. And then Bilbo gets up to the entrance or exit of the tunnel, and there's a bunch of goblins that are guarding it. They're just there, waiting. <laughs> They're just hanging. Apparently, they always guard it. And Bilbo's like, mm-hmm. F, what do I do? So he sneaks around them and almost gets cut or caught in the tiny opening of the door and he runs out and they try to go after him and but they can't see him didn't he like walk out of that entrance outside and there were like more goblins outside waiting for him and they see him because he doesn't have the ring on or something like that okay so this is inside the cave they saw him sooner than he saw them yes they saw him whether it was an accident or a last trick of the ring before it took a new master it was not on his finger so the ring somehow came off of his finger, but then he put it back on. Mm-hmm. And then he managed to escape and yeah. be like, I'm not going back there. He's like, yeah, fuck that shit. I don't blame him. Just just leave. Just go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Gollum and Amoeba dysentery water, like, deuces them out. Yeah. All that. Hey, you look kind of peppy. I am peppy because I just drank a cup of coffee from La Belle Rosette Espresso and Wine Bar. That's in Denver, right? Yep. We are located right across the street from the University of Denver. And do they have more than just espresso and wine? Yeah, we have breakfast burritos, paninis, pastries, teas. We have a lot. If someone was walking through Denver and let's say this person was me and let's say I wanted a panini, when is LaBelle open so I can go and get one? We are open from 7 to 5 Monday through Friday, 7 to 2 on Saturdays, 8 to 2 on Sundays. And if you use the code FPPODCAST, you'll get 15% off your order, whether you're in-store or online at LaBelleRosette.com. That's a really good deal. Totally a good deal, and it's even a better deal when you get to see moi at the store. Is that a good deal? Uh, not really, but I actually need to head to work right now, because I'm going to be late. Oh. So I'm going to go. Go to La Belle Rosette. Go. Bye. Right now. Drop <laughs> everything. Go. And then we go into chapter six, which is out of the frying pan, into the fire. Just doesn't sound like a good way to live your life, but I guess if you want to live your life like that. I mean, sure, why not? Well, this is a <laughs> saying, isn't it? I never really heard of that before, to be really honest. Oh, I have. It's like when you leave one bad situation, you just find yourself immediately in another bad situation. Oh, okay. There we go. Like this chapter will show us. Yeah, because Bilbo just left a bad situation. <laughs> mm-hmm. But... And little does he know that shit's not over yet. Not over yet, dude. So he runs out of the cave and he comes upon Gandalf and the dwarves who've all somehow managed to escape. And they're basically all talking about 
possibly leaving Bilbo because he's not there and they don't want to go back in the cave and I don't blame them. And they're also like, why was he here in the first place? (laughs) Like, he wasn't useful as much anyway to be a burglar. And literally Gandalf is like, he's my friend. I will either go back for him or I will make you all go back with me. Or I, or I will leave you. He is a bro. Bilbo's <sighs> literally dropping his eaves the whole time. They don't mm-hmm. say anything about Bilbo being like, those bitches don't want me. What the hell? <laughs> Which I thought was a little unrealistic. I mean, so far, I think that's the most unrealistic part of this book is Bilbo's feelings not being hurt by hearing this. True. Yeah, I would be like, well, F you. I'd be like, after everything I've done... I would just be like, bye, guys. I'm going home. (laughs) I'm going to take another way, though. I'm not going to go the way that I just came from. No, no, no. So then he takes his ring off, and everyone's real shook that he just suddenly appeared. Bilbo doesn't tell them about the ring, but he's like, oh, I just snuck around everyone because I'm a burglar. Hee hee. (laughs) Hee hee. And he doesn't tell them about the ring either, like, which... At first I was like, why isn't he saying anything about the ring? And then I was like, oh, maybe, like doesn't want to say anything about it i don't know yeah it seems like he doesn't want to say anything so they all have like a a newfound respect for him because i think that he just snuck out of the tunnel and snuck into their camp they're like wow you're a great burglar and he's like i know thanks i know i'm amazing basically gandalf is like okay we gotta go because the goblins are gonna come and follow us is that correct? Yeah. Like, they are after vengeance over their leader dying after we killed him. So we need to go right now. Yeah. They're basically just trying to get the F out of where they are. So then they keep <laughs> moving forward, and there's a big hole <laughs> to do about Bilbo looking for food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he hasn't had a second breakfast <gasps> or his second dinner. I'm dreadfully hungry, grown Bilbo, who was suddenly aware that he had not had a meal since the night before the night before last. I mean, his defense not eating for, like, 48 hours, that sounds awful. I mean, if I started, I, I'm the hobbit anyway, so, um... <laughs> are you, like, a snack through the day kind of person? You graze? I love snacks. Snacks are great. <laughs> <laughs> snacks are life. So, then they hear wolves in the distance. Valkyries. Valkyrie is in the distance, howling. <laughs> Little did we know that she was from Middle Earth before she was living at the Ross family household. (laughs) Yeah, a a bunch of Valkyries show up, and it literally sounds like there's hundreds of them. Yeah, and he talks about how, or Tolkien explains that the wolves are, like, friends with the goblins. Or at least they have, like, a... Is it symbiotic relationship where it's like they kind of scratch each other's backs even though they're not really friends? Yeah. Is that symbiotic? Like really going back to seventh grade biology here. Don't quote me on that. I don't really know. (laughs) I think we need a new section (laughs) called Fiddle and Pipe Googles Things. Yeah. uh, Seventh grade science. I remember that my teacher had a pet hamster. So that's all that you're going to get that knowledge from me. Yeah, symbiotic is a mutually beneficial relationship between different people or groups. All right. So, yes. Yay. Cool. So, they're symbiotic science. And he also talks about how there's, like, these 
even more evil wolves called wargs that out of the blue like so are wolves now called wargs they're not called wolves anymore i think they're wargs okay they're wargs is it wargs or wargs oh wargs i guess who knows yeah they, he calls them wild wild wargs <laughs> Which are the evil wolves over the edge of the wild. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess wargs are only evil wolves, and these are evil wolves. Alright, so basically, the gang is screwed. Everyone is like, oh shit, wolves. So they climb in the trees, because wolves can't can't climb trees. Mm-hmm. They can have symbiotic relationships with uh, goblins, but they can't climb trees. So nope, they can't. we at least need some level of realism here. Exactly. We do. They can't climb the trees. (laughs) So then they're like, well, shit, what do we do? Because basically the the wolves surround every one of the trees that has dwarves Mm -hmm. and, you know, Hobbit and Gandalf on it. Also, they almost forgot Bilbo. (laughs) Again. (laughs) Again. So this is the second time that they almost leave Bilbo because he's like, everyone's up in the tree and he's down there and Gandalf's like... Get him! <laughs> like, get him! That and, section is actually really funny. Yeah, these chapters, basically Bilbo gets the shaft. He's, like, always getting left behind. All the time. And Bilbo, he could not get into any tree and was scuttling about from trunk to trunk like a rabbit that had lost his hole and has a dog after it. My dog treed a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you thought of when you were reading this part? <laughs> No, that's what I thought about right now. <laughs> uh, I have no filter. My brain, I my brain just sends signals to my mouth, and it just goes. <laughs> oh God! You've left the burglar behind again," said Nori to Dory, looking down. "I can't always be carrying burglars on my back," said Dory. "Down tunnels and up trees. What do you think I am? A porter? He'll be eaten if we don't do anything," said Thorin. For there were howls all around them now, getting nearer and nearer. <laughs> and then he basically is just like Dory. Bring him up, and then he's just like, fine, and, like, grabs him, pulls him up into the tree. Yeah. Yeah, so they're, like, surrounded by wolves, and then, I was about to say Dumbledore, oh my god, wrong. Dumbledore. Wrong series. (laughs) Gandalf. Basically the Dumbledore of this franchise, if you think about it. He takes big-ass pine cones and starts lighting them on fire and throwing them at the wolves, and it's, like, some special kind of fire where it clings to the wolves if it Mm-hmm. if they catch it doesn't really say anything about them dying but it's like oh they're singeing their fur and they're rolling all around they're getting heckin mad we just assume that they're burning up yeah we just assume i like how late like it goes to meanwhile on the other side of the forest there's the lord of the eagles <laughs> the eagles <laughs> not the band guys <laughs> well basically what i got and i just put this in the summary is that He senses that the wolves are going crazy, and he's like, what's going on? Like, are there goblins in the woods? And he basically sends out his gang of eagles. Mm -hmm. I'm going to call it the gang of eagles. And they go to the area where he senses the disturbance, and they see that the wolves are surrounding the dwarves. And also the goblins are, like, starting a fire, too, aren't they? Aren't they trying to, like, burn the trees? I was going to say, at this point, the goblins have kind of been alerted because the reason 
like you said earlier, the reason why they were trying to, like, GTFO was Mm -hmm. because Gandalf was like, hey, you know, they're going to be sending, like, scouting parties looking for us, so we need to get going. So, basically, the scouting Mm -hmm. parties have kind of caught up, and they're, like, patting the wolves down and setting up kindling near the bombs of the trees so that way when the pine cones fall they set the kindling on fire and therefore set the trees on fire that they yeah that they're stuck in mm-hmm. and they sing a horrible song which i don't know what the tune is so i'm not gonna sing it but i'm just gonna say it because it relates to what i want to say next 15 birds and five fir trees their feathers were fanned in a fiery breeze but funny little birds they had no wings oh what shall we do with the funny little things roast them alive stew them in a pot fry them boil them and eat them hot then they stopped and shouted out, fly away, little birds, fly away if you can. Come down, little birds, so you'll get roasted in your nest. Sing, sing, little birds, why don't you sing? And this right here, I think one of Tolkien's kids must have done something to piss him off with fire. Because what he says is, go away, little boys, shouted Gandalf in answer. It isn't bird nesting time. Also, naughty little boys that play with fire get punished. Oh. So I'm pretty sure one of his kids must have done something, you know, as he was... Yeah. A big part of, like, children's stories is put, like, morals and lessons in them that they learn. Yeah. And that's, like, probably, like, he was probably really angry and, like, and some people get punished for doing this. Yeah. So don't do it. Isn't one of his kids Christopher or Chris? So probably he was burning shit up that day and Tolkien, like, sat him down for bedtime and he's just like, so we're going to revisit with, uh, Gandalf and the dwarves and Bilbo and they're stuck in these trees right and the trees are getting caught on fire and the goblins are making the fire worse and then Gandalf says it isn't bird nesting time also naughty little boys that play with fire get punished and Christopher's like oh shit he knows what I did (laughs) (laughs) don't play with matches kids no matches nope (laughs) basically they get rescued by the eagles Mm-hmm. Not the ban. We don't need no Hotel California. <laughs> also not the football team. <laughs> no football. Oh, no. I'm not an Eagles fan. Sorry. Sorry, people. Sorry, Philly. <laughs> Wait, Eagles fan as in the football team or the band? Both, actually. <laughs> I grew up not liking the Eagles because the football team, because my dad didn't like that they were the only other bird team in the NFC. Oh. And to make fun of them, he called them the Beagles, which is funny now because my family has Beagles. That's so funny. And that's so adorable. (laughs) The Beagles. The Beagles. The the Philadelphia Beagles. (laughs) Little fucks. Which would be a really cute team, actually. And I think That'd be so cute. Philly, if you're ever considering changing your mascot... You're welcome. <laughs> or, I know that uh, everyone was trying to think of a mascot for the Washington football team. Oh. I think the Washington Beagles could be cute. Washington Beagles! <laughs> <laughs> they just, like, run up on the, like, field and they're so cute and adorable. Just put, like, 50 Beagles on the field and they won't go anywhere because they'll be too busy smelling things. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love dogs. I want to hug my cat. Anyway, the eagles save the dwarves. They almost again leave Bilbo because <laughs> poor Bilbo is just like, what the hell? <laughs> like he manages to grab Dory's like leg or something while yeah. he's being like scooped up by an eagle, airlifted. 
And they fly away to safety while Hotel California is um, playing in the background. Living it up in the Hotel California. Bear, 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 damn. That literally gave me, like, sweat hands thinking about holding on to someone's foot as they're flying high. Oh my god, my hands are so sweaty now. I would be so freaked out. <laughs> that gave me, like, anxiety spike. <laughs> oh yeah. And I guess, like, while they're flying away, Bilbo still talks about dinner or breakfast or something like that. I mean, honestly, same. Yeah, after they land, he says, Now I know what a piece of bacon feels like when it is suddenly picked out of the pan on a fork and put back on the shelf. Mmm. That sounds like very sad. Why would you not eat the bacon? <laughs> Why would you take it out so suddenly? So the eagles, at first, Bilbo thinks that they're prisoners of the eagles, but they're just calling them prisoners of the goblins, I guess. Mm-hmm. The eagles, who aren't normally friends with other people, kind of have a good relationship with Gandalf. So Gandalf was like, hey, we need to go to this area. And the Lord of the Eagles was like, oh, that's kind of close to where people live. And they're going to shoot us. So we can bring you close-ish. Yeah. And they're like, but we'll feed you and fix your clothes. And they're like, okay, that seems like a good deal. And then they chill for the night. Yeah. And that's the end of... They're out of the Misty Mountains, so they're on to the next track of their journey. Next chapter. Yeah. Next chapter, chapter seven, Queer Lodgings. And we don't mean gay. We do not mean that. Nope. This is a different time. Mm-hmm. Definitely a different time. What is it? What time is this? 1930? 30s. So queer just means yeah. weird. Yes. I like how we open up the chapter with Bilbo basically, like, Wishing that he was at home. <laughs> That's like, me whenever I'm not home. <laughs> exactly. Like, again, I think we can relate to Bilbo. It's like, whenever I wake up, I like waking up in my own bed. Mm-hmm. Drinking coffee out of my coffee maker. Petting my cat. Having a nice morning. And yeah, I would be dreaming of that too if I were in an eagle nest somewhere. <laughs> out. In a place I'm not familiar with. The next morning, Bilbo woke up with the early sun in his eyes. He jumped up to look at the time and to go and put his kettle on and found he was not home at all. I have been there. I've been so disoriented on vacations mm -hmm. and stuff. I'm like, where the fuck am I? Oh, yeah. I love, like, the first day when I get back and I'm in my own place. Like, for the first day, it feels nice. I'm like, oh, I love my apartment. <laughs> Even though I hate it. <laughs> you remember when we were kids and we would do, like, sleepovers and such? I would always get so disoriented at sleepovers, waking up in someone else's house and stuff. And because you're never, you're usually never in a bed. It's like a blanket on the floor or an air mattress or a couch or something. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I feel like it's even more disorienting. Oh, yeah. It is. We are homebodies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now he, he goes up on the eagle's back and basically they all get, they all ride eagles to their drop off point. Mm-hmm. Which sounds terrifying. <laughs> Gave me some anxiety, not gonna lie. And then Yandoff basically says that they are gonna go meet someone that is, quote, a very great person. <laughs> How great? What makes a person very great? Okay, like, Gandalf. <laughs> they're like, sure, why the heck not? That sounds fine. But before he says that, Gandalf's like, well, I'm going to 
see you all. <gasps> oh, yeah. Uh, we got over the mountains and y'all are safe. Actually, what he says is, I always meant to see you all safe if possible. <laughs> and if possible is in parentheses. So I was like, okay. Over the mountains, said the wizard. And now by good management and good luck, I have done it. So he's like, you know, my time with y'all is like kind of coming to an end. But first, we're going to meet this great person. This very great person. Adjectives. It turns out that Gandalf and this person don't even know each other. Yeah. So he just, like, heard that he's a good guy. He's a very great person. Let's go see him. And, oh, he also turns into a bear, by the way. Yeah, he's a werebear. A werebear. He's a werebear. <laughs> Not a care bear. A werebear. Not a werewolf. His name is, is it Bjorn? That's what I thought it was. I was like, this needs a J in it. I don't remember this because I have not seen the second Hobbit film because I'm assuming that this character is in the second Hobbit film. Probably. But, yeah. And this now this is all the unfamiliar stuff. <laughs> Gandalf basically gathers everyone around. He's like, listen, he doesn't have people around very much, so we don't want to overwhelm him. So what we're going to do is we're going to <laughs> approach his house in groups of, like, twos. <laughs> and then he says... This is really funny. You had better wait here, said the wizard to the dwarves. And when I call or whistle, begin to come after me. You will see the way I go, but only in pairs, mind. About five minutes between each pair of you. Bomber is fattest and will do for two, and he had better come alone and last. I was like, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. Damn. Bomber's is probably like, what? <laughs> like, I know I'm fat, but god damn. Damn, Gantop, that was a little bit of a diss. Harsh. It's a little mean. <laughs> I was like, okay. I thought that was really funny. Definitely not something you'd see written in a book nowadays. No, no, but you still would not. Really fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, again, I was just like, yeah, we don't want to spook him. So that's just that's that's not all come at the same time. But it's really funny because when they meet him, he's literally telling him a story, and they keep getting interrupted. Yeah, and he's like. What's happening in the story? And then he like sees something. He's like, "Okay, cool, you're here. Go somewhere else. I'm listening to this story." The thing that I thought was really funny was every time before another like couplet of dwarves appear. Couplet, I guess. <laughs> before they appear, he's like Gandalf in his story says something about a number, and then Bjorn's like, "There are, you know, there are four of you, and you call that a couple." Or, or no, it's the other way around. He's like, let me find one. Well, like, he keeps, like, because Gandalf keeps saying, like, uh, the couple of us, and he's like, well, now there's, like, five of you, and it keeps growing and stuff like that. No, it's the, it's the other way around. Oh, yeah, like this. There was a terrible storm. The storm giants were out hurling rocks, and at the head of the pass, we took refuge in a cave. The Hobbit and I and several of our companions. Do you call two several? Well, no, as a matter of fact, there were more than two. Where were they? Killed? Eaten? Gone home? Well, no. They don't seem to all have come when I whistled. Shy, I expect. You see, we're very much afraid that we are rather a lot for you to entertain. Go on, whistle again. I'm in for a party, it seems, and one or two more won't make much difference. So it's like stuff like that where he's saying in his story, mm -hmm. he's like, he forgets the number that he's currently with and he like alludes to like a bigger number or the whole group. And then Bjorn's like, you call several too? What's going on here? And then Gandalf's like, yeah. oh yeah, like there's others. But that happens like five times. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was really funny. <laughs> kind of want to, like, see this in the movie, but I need to, like, 
rewatch everything. <laughs> I know that you don't like the movies as much. Okay, my beef with the movie is the copy, the edition that I have is 271 pages. They turned a 271 page book into three two and a half hour movies. Mm-hmm. And they put a lot of stuff that is wasn't in the book and wasn't really related to the book into the movies to fill them out. Come on, Peter Jackson. Be better. So it's just kind of like, I feel like it could have just been like one two hour movie or even like a 90 minute movie and that would have been great. No, they just want more money. I think they tried to mirror the Lord of the Rings too much and it's just, it's not supposed to be Lord of the Rings. Yeah, you don't need to do that. I can definitely see what you mean right now. So they basically con him into allowing everyone to hang out and stay. Yeah, Bjorn's like <laughs> so amused that they killed the Great Goblin. Is it the Great Goblin? The King Goblin? Yeah, the Great Goblin, I believe. I keep wanting to say the Great Pumpkin, but that's not right. Let's <laughs> <laughs> turn to another turn. <laughs> Different franchise. <laughs> Different franchise. Yeah, so then he's just like, you know, you can stay as long as you want to. And basically he goes off and does bear things. Oh, yeah. Gandalf is like, don't even, like, think about going outside or, like, being curious about going outside at night because you don't want to. (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't really say why, but it's heavily implied that he'll attack or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. bear activity. What is it? Like, Bilbo, like, wakes up in the middle of the night and he hears, like, growls and s- outside and, and, like, scuffling. Yeah. And and then he's like, oh, and he tries to go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, like, I'm just gonna stay here. They all just hang out there for a few days and they mm-hmm. basically have animals, like, in Snow White, where the animals, like, come and bring everything and yeah, they, like, bring platters of food and they eat a lot of, like, bread and honey and... Mm-hmm. creamy butter and sounds really good and yeah there's another moment here where bjorn comes in after being gone for a couple of days and he the next morning they were all waking up by bjorn himself so here you are all still he said he picked up the hobbit and laughed not eaten up by wargs or goblins or wicked bears yet i see and he poked mr baggins's waistcoat more disrespectfully little bunny is getting nice and fat again on bread and honey he chuckled come and have some more <laughs> I was like, okay, Tolkien. Yeah, for real. Um, so then they decide that they need to go on their way, and Bjorn does a great job of getting them supplies and gives them, like, dried fruits and nuts and honey and cakes that are supposed to last a really long time, which I don't know how, because he gave them cakes, and I was like, cakes will only last a few days, but they're twice mm-hmm. baked, so they're supposed to keep good, whatever that means. That's good. kind of want it. And he gives them horses or ponies. And he basically says that there's, like, not really a safe path in their travels for a while. Like, mm-hmm. he talks about how, like, food's going to be really scarce. And... They have to go through the Mirkwood Forest, which is, mm-hmm. like, super treacherous. And he's like, don't you dare go off the path, because if you do, you won't find your way back. Yeah, I have, like, at the end of this chapter, and it's, like, in a different font, and it says... Uh, wait, goodbye, be good, take care of yourselves, and, in this different font, don't leave the path. (laughs) So I'm assuming, does somebody leave the path? We'll find out. Oh, I'm curious, but 
we'll we'll talk about that next week. They get to the edge of the forest, and and doesn't Gandalf leave them there too? Yeah, Gandalf kind of just pieces out. Yeah, they send their ponies back to Bjorn, and Gandalf's like, "I'm not coming with you, and I'm not giving this horse back." So, bye, <laughs> bye. They're like he just leaves, and everyone's like, "Okay." <laughs> like I guess we're just, I guess we're just gonna go. But that leads us into chapter 8, which will be next week. What are we reading next week? Chapter 8 through... Chapter 11. Oh, okay. Exciting. Yeah, it's going to be pretty beefy, I assume. So, yeah. Are you liking this book better with the more action-y chapters? Yeah, I am. Yeah. It's not as slow as, like, the first, like, half. Or, like, the first, like, bit. Yeah, the first couple chapters are really introduction-y, but now we're kind of yeah. in the meat and potatoes of it. It's definitely going a lot faster than Twilight, that's for sure. Oh my god. We're literally two-thirds of the book was like, and today it was sunny. So excited to read New Moon. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway. Well, before we go... If y'all like what we do on the podcast, you are more than welcome to follow us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'm at BM Ross Music. And I'm at Cat Flinch Flute. You can also follow us at Fiddle and Pipe on Instagram as well. Where Catherine does like a bomb ass job of promoting us on social media. Aww, so please follow that. <laughs> please do. I, we work really hard on this podcast. If you're more of a Facebook person, uh, feel free to add yourself to the Fiddle and Pipe Forum. It's an open group, so you can add yourself in there. And we also just keep up updates there as best as we can. If you are interested in supporting the podcast, you can join us on patreon.com slash fiddle and pipe. There mm-hmm. for $2 a month, you can get access to our bloopers and outtakes from every episode. And for $5 a month, you get access to bloopers and outtakes and our happy hour episodes, which are mm-hmm. about monthly now at this point. We just grab a beer, kick back, and we will be unleashing a new tier soon. Yeah. So stay tuned for updates on that. And last but not least, if you are not able to donate money financially, we totally get it. Make sure that you support us for free by rating us on Spotify and at Apple Podcast. And we know that you listen on Apple Podcasts. So if you are doing that currently, because we know you are, uh, you should just write a review. And we would highly appreciate it. So please do that. Thanks. Yeah. And if you like our podcast, sitting down with a friend and showing them our podcast or being like, hey, I really think you'd like this episode and shooting it to your family member or coworker word of mouth is one of the best ways we can grow they're currently reading one of the books that we have read definitely recommend our podcast to them and we have some fun exciting books coming up in the future so definitely stay tuned yeah check that out and i guess on that note we will see you all next week bye bye